Welcome to Tax Bites for Expats, the top tax tips you want to know as an expat. The podcast is here to help answer the common queries and concerns expats have when moving to or from Ireland. Complex taxes explained simply. We'll focus on the Irish and international tax issues to be aware of to ensure you save time, money and stress. Hi, my name is Stephanie Wickham from expattaxes.ie. You're listening to the Tax Bites for Expats podcast, the show that explains the do's and don'ts of income taxes for people who are moving to or from Ireland. So welcome everyone today. Um, on this episode, we are going to be speaking with Sam Ashley of Faber Tax from the US. And Faber Tax is a boutique tax practice that focuses on providing US tax advice and support to US expats who are all over the world, really. Um, great to have you on, Sam. Thank you so much for joining us today. So before we kick off, I thought maybe if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you got into tax and I suppose specifically US taxes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from the accent, you'll probably tell that I'm I'm not American, um, and and actually spent very little time in the states. Um, so my my journey into US tax um, was was after university. I I joined Ernst and Young, um, and joined their their sort of expat tax teams, and and specifically focused on that US side in the team that I was in. Um, and I've, I've sort of continued in that focus for for the, the remainder of my career, really. Um, you know, and throughout the, the years I've been involved in US tax, I've gone from Ernst & Young. Um, I then moved to KPMG, um, actually over in Zurich in Switzerland. Um, and that's that's okay. where that's where I met Ian. Um, so that that was oh, probably best part of twenty years ago now. Um, so so we shared a, a small and very hot office in. Um, in Zurich for for a year or so, um, and and stayed in touch ever since. Um, and then I, I came back to the UK, um, did spent some more time with uh, with Ernst and Young and, and a couple of boutique firms, and then uh, just over a, I guess eighteen months ago now, I, I had, was having a chat with Ian. He needed some some support on with his business, and, and we decided to sort of come together um, and sort of expand his offering outside of the US and so I'm now obviously um, in the UK um, working with Ian. It's brilliant and I think the really good thing about your story there um, so obviously you know Faber Taxes is or Faber Tax is headed up by Ian Faber who's in the Mm. US you're in the UK you've both lived in Switzerland and that's one thing that kind of ha- comes up time and again is that when we're providing this type of advice, when when we personally have an experience of being an expat and living overseas, it gives a little bit of a, a slant to the, to the advice. I mean, in, in my mind, because it is such a stressful thing trying to plan taxes cross border, if you're working with a team who, who have a bit of an idea as to how you know difficult it can be to navigate these things, it, it brings a bit of a different aspect to it, doesn't it? Just understanding the logistics. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I, I obviously moved across to Switzerland. You're, you're in a tax system which you've got no idea about. There's, there's all sorts of things going on where you needed to register for certain things um and and being an expat that's all very can be very stressful um and and then you Mm. add on well i've got to do a tax return you know for for americans you've still got to do a tax return in the us and then you also have to do a tax return in ireland or switzerland or the uk or or wherever it may be and suddenly it it can feel very overwhelming and and i think having an understanding and having been an expat myself i think you, you really start to understand that you know if you can 
you know, t talk in a way which makes it less complicated and less scary. Um, I think that really helps people. And, and if you're, you're, and what we focus on with paper taxes is trying to take that stress off them and say, okay, we, we've got mm. this, we need your help with it, but, but we'll handle it for you. Yeah, no, I think it's brilliant. The way you guys work is really impressive. So I suppose today, I mean, there's so much we could talk about, but, you know, we only have a certain <laughs> amount of time and it's a heavy topic. So I think that the aim is to really kind of, you know, boil it down to a couple of key issues that if a US citizen is planning a move abroad or perhaps is living abroad, what would be the main issues that you see coming up? Particularly if someone's leaving the US and, you know, they're planning that move overseas. Um, you know, even from my own perspective, it's commonly known that, you know, Uncle Sam keeps his hand in your pocket <laughs> long after you've left the US. Um, but how does that play itself out? What are the things you think people need to be aware of? Yeah, so, so the, the first thing to, to think about with US tax is um, it is a, um, a tax system that's based on you having citizenship in the US. It's not a case of you're resident there. Um, therefore you're taxable so it has this more sort of worldwide reach you're taxable on your worldwide income um, and, and that's probably the first point where it gets scary for people it's like well if I'm taxable in the US and I'm also taxable in Ireland you know I'm going to end up paying huge amounts of tax um, and this is probably mm, somewhere where you, yeah. you need to start thinking about getting some advice before you move and talking to someone um, who, who understands that cross-border element um, and so that that's sort of the first step is to, is to realize that, that you've got this worldwide tax system um, and then the next is to say okay well how does that work um, how am I not going to be double taxed and I think you know the things we look at to avoid a double taxation is uh, from the, a US perspective you have an earnings exclusion um, which allows you to exclude around $109,000 of income from taxation in the US uh, provided you meet certain tests. Um, so that, that's the first step. So, so you know, you could move overseas, claim the exclusion, very easy. You're just filing in the US to zero tax due because you're excluding all your income. Um, and Sam, does that apply to all income or is it just specific types? No, that, that exclusion is only for employment income. Uh, right, it can be yeah. employment okay. or self-employment. Um, but it's only for sort of that that sort of employment type of income. Um, mm. So you, we're not talking about bank interest or investment income or rental income, those sorts of things. We're we're very much talking about um, just that the the main source of your income, if you like. Um, okay. And so you, you meet these tests. One one of which says you have to be physically present in a foreign country for three hundred and thirty out of three hundred sixty five days to qualify. Um, so so if you arrive in say, you know, what is it, it's August now, isn't it? If you, if you arrive at the start of August, you're looking at qualifying for that test the August of the following year. So once you've done your day counts, um, and we can come on to extensions and things like that that you get when you're overseas in a second. Um, and the second one is that you need, you, um, you, you need to be a, a resident of a foreign country for a complete US tax year. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, if, if you arrived in August, um, that period for you would be from January of 2023 through to um, December of 2023. And again, there's extensions that we can get if you need that. Um, so it, it, it's tricky. And I think, you know, the, the, as I said at the start, the, the first step is to talk to someone and say, okay, how do these tests work for me? 
you know, wh which test am I looking at based on your own fact pattern? Because we look at how much time are you going to spend back in the US? Yeah, and this this comes up time and time again, isn't it really? that, And, and I, I think you probably see it, I see it, is that sometimes when you approach your local accountant or your, your tax advisor who supported you before you've left, mm. they, they can kind of panic a little bit and think, well, I've never done this before. And they're actually probably perfectly capable of dealing with it. But there can be an element of... Um, ease I suppose of transitioning to an advisor who does just work in that space and is just able to kind of recite the requirements verbatim <laughs> because they do it day in and day out um, and is there anything you would suggest people do you know I suppose to avail of that in advance of leaving or is it more just about kind of being proactive in the first year that they're out of the country to kind of make sure they're going to meet the, the conditions for these exclusions? I, I think it's it's important on, on, a, on a couple of levels to have the conversation up front. Um, what, what is the exclusions? Um, the second is you've got to remember in the US you have federal tax you also have state taxation um, and mm. so we need to consider okay well what, what are your ties to that state? Did uh, are you going to be, remain a resident of that state despite living in Ireland because of the amount of time you spend back or because you have available property there? Um, so th th there's definitely a planning element both on that federal exclusion and also for state taxation. And I would I completely agree with that from an Irish perspective because you know the, the concern we see is you don't get a credit for the state tax here. Mm. So it is actually just a leakage of costs. And is there things people can do, you know, proactively like obviously then they just can arrange their affairs to try and break that tie or is it basically state specific yeah every state has their own rules um but what we're really looking at is, is where are your where are your family ties um are, are you moving your family with you to ireland are you um are they remaining in the state what what's happening with your home is, is that going to be available for your use when you come back um mm. and also um where are your driver's licenses where are you registered to vote it can come down to very small things um uh, and so it's it's important to look you know for, for every state where wherever a taxpayer is from and say well what are the rules to break residency um and you know how do you practically go about, about doing that because you as you said you can end up in a position where you're paying irish tax plus whichever state tax you're you, you were based in prior to your move and that's obviously can yeah. they get a bit expensive? Yeah, totally, definitely. Especially when you're moving to a location like Ireland, where tax rates are so high mm. for individuals. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so that's I suppose income exclusions and being aware of tax credits. And this is something we've spoken about before, but I'm sure you time and time again get people who, you know, they they understand there's a double tax agreement. They know they're going to be taxed in the US after they leave. But, you know, the practicalities and how the actual treaty applies, you know, in, in my mind, there's not much point in trying to actually go through each and every income type because that is really the answer, isn't it? It's like if you are going overseas and, you know, you're going to a location where there is a double tax agreement, you're going to have a level of protection. That's how it plays out from a US perspective as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you need to look at different types of income. How is that going to be taxed in the in the country you're moving to, be it Ireland or wherever else? And then, how is it? How, how do we then reflect that in the US tax return to ensure there's not a double taxation? Um, and and, and the sort of as a, as as an addition to that, you know, as, as you live in Ireland longer and you start thinking, well, I'll, I'll start investing locally. How are those investments taxed in the US? Um, 
there's some complicated rules I'm not, I'm not going to suggest we go into them now but there's some complicated rules with foreign investments which can lead to some quite penal taxation in the US so we, just having an advisor who understands the implications of investments and someone you can pick the phone up to and just say I'm thinking about this um, what, what, what do you think and they can talk it through with you is, is ideal um, or always take some advice because I, I know obviously I'm based in the UK we have investments here where people can walk into a bank um, less so these days for your system but you used to be able to walk into a bank open up an account and think oh that's nice and tax-free and it's not tax-free in the US. Mm, it's caveat emptor isn't it just be careful when you're purchasing these products um, so filing dates how does it work then you know if someone's kind of they've taken the advice before they go yeah. you know there's a bit of comfort there they know they're they're not necessarily going to be in a double tax situation you know with a couple of exclusions such as you know, state tax with a bit of planning what to do and when mm-hmm. you know what what do they need to mark in their diary okay so it, it, for, for a US citizen tax day is always April 15th um, when you move overseas you get an automatic extension through to June 15th so you get an automatic two month extension um, what we have to be cautious of there is the, the IRS are saying yes you can file two months later that's not a problem but if you owe tax, they're going to charge you interest on that balance due from April 15th. Um, so again, this is where some pre-advice might help if you've got you know, investments in the US um, which are producing income and tax, they may well have a tax liability attached to them which needs to be paid by April 15th. Um, right, yeah. And then once we reach April 15th, we can then apply for a further extension. We can get that extended through to October. Um, uh, and then if, if that's still not long enough, we can get through to December um, for, for a regular taxpayer. So or you can get all the way through to December 15th, but you have to remember that interest and penalties will accrue from April 15th through to the date you file, unless you pay that tax. Mm. Um, so then you just probably see people making kind of preemptive payments to kind of, you know, settle your tax, make sure you're not going to be up for... Yeah an interest or a penalty if it transpires yeah okay so there's definitely it's a level of comfort but it's not a (laughs) it's not a silver bullet yeah so that means you guys are busy all year round (laughs) that means you don't get it pretty much so so what what we're looking at is you know getting people to pay tax by April 15th um, if there's liability due and then saying okay well what's going to happen in the coming year should you be making estimated payments in advance throughout the year to to pay um, your 2022 liability ahead of the 2023 filing deadline along those lines and those payments can be made again april 15th june 15th september 15th and then the following january 15th and that that again you know if if you're expecting a liability in the us that's a good thing to do because again avoids you know penalties for not paying those payments and and further interest and things like that okay so be aware of your due dates yeah, <laughs> uh, don't assume that you have lots of time to settle tax um, <laughs> be, you know beyond that April date and you know be a bit proactive so I suppose then further to kind of compliance obligations you know FATCA and FBAR tell us a little bit about that I mean I'm not even going to pretend to be an expert on that because you know these acronyms come up I'm sure a US citizen moving abroad is just as terrified by them as <laughs> as, as the rest of us are yeah and, and this probably goes back to the point of you mentioned earlier about you've, you've got your local accountant in the US and suddenly you move overseas Unfortunately, moving overseas can bring a whole load of other filing requirements 
with it. And, and one of those is the, the F-bar, the, the FACUS um, filings. Um, so the, the first one we look at is, is what we call the F-bar. Um, that's required if you have, in aggregate, more than $10,000 in foreign financial accounts. Uh, and what we look at is the, the maximum balance in each account. So theoretically, you could have $2,000 and you could move that through five different accounts and you will have met that 10,000 threshold. Um, okay. So you've got to be make sure you're looking what's the maximum balance um, and, and making sure that that form is filed each year. Um, that's due at the same time as the tax return, um, April 15th, but it's uh, for the past few years, it's, it's effectively been automatically extended to October. Um, but it, it's an important one to, to, to get in. Um, I, there's, there's no tax on it. There's no, there's no, 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 they're not going to tax the balances of your accounts. What they're going to do is, what, what, well, what you need to report is where you hold the account, what's the account number, um, the address of the, the bank where you're holding it, um, and then what's the, what's the maximum balance? And that, that's it. So it's quite a simple form. Um, and, you know, you know when you move overseas and you have 25,000 forms to complete <laughs> as you apply for all the things yeah. <laughs> in a new location, like what's the so what? So what if I don't? So what if I didn't? If, if someone's missed that or they haven't picked it up, mm -hmm. what what's the concern there? Uh, the, the concern um, would be whether the IRS see you as willfully non-filing that or non-willfully. Um, so if they're going to say, okay, you knew about this account um, and you knew about this filing and you've purposefully not reported it, they can pe penalise you up to half the value of the account per year that you've not reported oh. it. Um, so <laughs> in some circumstances, you can end up with penalty, which is more than you actually have in the account. Okay. Yeah. If, if you've just okay. gone, hands up, I've forgotten it, then they can still penalise you, but they'll limit that to about $10,000, which is not a small amount of money. So. Still not a small penalty. Yeah. Okay, so get that right. And, you know, practically speaking, you know, I, you know clients always say to me, so, so what are the chances of that happening? Are, are, do the IRS police that actively? Do you see that being an issue, given that the majority of people, or I imagine some people, genuinely don't know they have to do it or maybe behind mm. particularly for the first couple of years that they're overseas yeah, in, in practice i personally have not seen penalties assessed on my clients um and, and yes we we do have clients who file these things late and and there are uh, procedures that you can go through so if you've moved overseas several years ago and never filed a tax return there are procedures we can use to get you back in the system um but there are court cases out there um, worth you know, several million dollars um, of, of penalties are being charged. Yeah, scary. FATCA, mm -hmm. tell us about that. Um, well, well, well yeah, the F-bar is, is all part of FATCA. Um, and then uh, where, where we then extend into the tax returns, we, we, the, the, there's an additional form within the tax return um, whereby you report almost the same information. Um, but it goes to the IRS rather than the US Treasury. Um, but the threshold for that is is considerably higher. Um, it's you know depends on your filing status. But if we if we say it's sort of around three 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 hundred thousand dollars if you're living overseas. Um, so if the balances of your foreign accounts are over sort of three hundred thousand dollars, then you, you probably need to add this form eighty nine thirty eight to your tax return and report that as well. 
And it's important to do because if you don't file it and you had to, then you haven't filed a complete tax return. So therefore the US statute of limitations, which says we can't look into you after three years, doesn't apply. So the IRS mm. can go back to that return yeah. at any time. Um, yeah. And the second thing to remember there is if an expat moves back to the US, those thresholds drop quite considerably. So they drop to about $50,000. So you've, you've got to okay. make sure you, you know, you're on top of those um, th- th- those sort of additional filings because there's some some stuff in there which, which can make life very difficult. Um, yeah, definitely. And, the, you know, the reality is, is that when you're, you're you're trying to do your tax return, you don't really want to have to worry about these things, do you? You know, you just want it done. And and so often people say to me, I just want to know what's right. I just want to know that there's no issues there. And, you know, we kind of keep coming back to this point of just get somebody to do it for you who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm you know, pay the money, move on and just rest assured that you've got nothing lurking, um, you know, that you're unaware of. It's 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 just so clear that there's there's such value in that. OK, so, I mean, the, the, the points that are coming out to me and, and please add to them if I've, I've kind of missed them or, you know, not summarise them correctly would be don't miss your foreign earned income exclusion and criteria to meet that and you know, be aware you're going to get some level of protection from a double tax agreement, but obviously focus a little bit on the state tax position warrants a bit of consideration, given that usually there isn't credit for that. Or I mean, definitely from an Irish perspective, there isn't, you know, be conscious of your filing date extensions that, that they're there. But, you know, again, there's limited benefit to them if you you haven't been proactive. And then obviously just being cognizant of the fact that your, your filing obligations have changed, particularly from an FBAR perspective. Once you've gone overseas, it's something you need to be aware of. And you will or could potentially be very heavily penalised for not complying with that. Great tips. I mean, is there anything else we've missed? Things you'd say to somebody if they were getting on the plane tomorrow? Or, or do you think that's kind of hit the nail on the head? I, I think they're, 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 those, are, those are great points. And, and you know, <laughs> I, I guess that it just goes right back to the start where we say just, just talk to someone, preferably before you move. But if, if you've already moved and you're hearing this, then then reach out and, and, and have a chat and just make sure everything's you know in, in the right place and, and you, you know what, you're, uh, mm. what, 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 what the system allows you to do. Um, uh, and and how to make sure you're you're staying compliant in the US because because no one wants to be living overseas and receiving, you know, nasty letters from the IRS. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, where's your most interesting client been, Sam? I mean, I've got some people in far flung places. I spoke to somebody who was in Kiribati, which is a little island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And I'm going to be completely honest; I had to Google it because I had no idea where it was. But where's your most interesting client been? Oh, I don't know. Sort of put you on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> Location-wise, you know, I don't know where the where the most interesting ones been, but um, we've de- definitely had interesting clients. We've had actors um, that have appeared in some some quite big films and, and sitcoms that I've watched and things like that. I, I always find it surprising that the people that ring you up just out of the blue and you're like, oh wow, <laughs> um, yeah, totally, know, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we, we had some lovely clients. Yeah, it's it's great, isn't it? I mean, everyone's story is interesting. And the bit I love is kind of the, you know, this is my tax position and, and this is the reason for the move or this is the reason for the question. And, and, and the thing that comes through to me time and time again is, you know, you just people want to get it done. They don't want to worry about it. And then just get on with the business that they're in, whether it be moving because they've got they are an actor or moving a family, 
you know, back to Ireland from the US or there's just so many different stories and they're all really interesting. But hopefully none of them have a bad tax ending. And these tips have been fantastic. Thank you so much because your time is valuable and we really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with us. And of course, if anyone has any tax questions, US related, either Sam, who's in the UK or Ian, who's based in the US, would be delighted to assist. And yeah, we'll have to do this again. I think we've still got lots to talk about. Lots to talk about, and it, and it always changes a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, um, I have to do it again. And thank, thank you very much for, for making the time and, and inviting me on this podcast. I oh, really enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tax Bites for Expats. Please do leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, remember to take professional tax advice specific to your personal circumstances before acting or refraining from action in connection with the matters dealt with in this series. The material in this podcast is intended to give general guidance only.